you can't just you know sit and wait for opportunities to come. So you need to create that opportunity yourself. Welcome to How I Fixed It, a podcast where we cut the noise and learn step-by-step strategies entrepreneurs use to grow. I'm your host, Madhav Malhotra, and today I'm lucky to be joined by Arda Erturk, the Chief Communications Officer at Roll Scooters. Roll is an electric scooter company that operates in several Canadian cities, and I'm very excited to learn more about Arda's experiences with switching career paths to become an entrepreneur, and the unexpected lessons that came up along the way. Thank you again so much for taking the time to join me today. I'm super excited to hear more about all of the complicated businessy things that you have in store for us. But first off, I'd love to just hear a little bit more about your personal background and how it is that you got started working at Roll. Yeah, um, first of all, thank you, Mata, for inviting me. I uh, appreciate it. So my name is Arda Erturk. I'm one of the co-founders of Roll and Chief Communications Officer uh, at Roll. I came to Canada in 2016 for university uh, to study at UFT, and then in my second year, I started working at Scotia Bank as an intern. Uh, it was an eight-month internship. I went back to school after that, and once I met another person at UFT, he mentioned. Uh, his new idea, bringing e-scooters to Canada. And at that time, there was no other e-scooter company operating in Canada. And I knew that in US, in Europe, other countries, Asia, it was really popular. So I said, okay, maybe I can join and we can start building it. And yeah, that's how everything started. I finished my studies. I'm now a full-time co-founder, finally. Yes, I'm glad to hear you finally accomplished that milestone. It's amazing to see the progress at Roll. And to give a little bit more context, could you describe the services you offer and where you're located? Yeah, we provide electric scooter sharing service to cities, businesses and campuses. Uh, We are the only Canadian company, Canadian-owned, developed and operated company operating in Canada right now. We launched our fleet of e-scooters in Kelowna first in 2019. We operated there for a few months. And then in 2020, in the midst of pandemic, we launched in Calgary. And then after a few months, we launched in Ottawa last year. And hopefully we're planning to launch in different cities across Canada this year. We deploy our electric scooters on the street. People can just download the Roll app and scan the QR code on the scooter to ride the scooter. And then once you ride it, you park the scooter, you take the picture of the uh, how you parked it. It's similar to bike share, but it, we don't have the docking system and it's really convenient. Yeah, I think it's really cool how the scooters can be docked anywhere and that way you don't have to be limited in just driving from place to place. And I know I could easily get sucked into the technical details, but I'd really love to start, first of all, by thinking about your story, how you mentioned that you didn't actually know you could be an entrepreneur, but you just met this person and decided, well, yeah, I could co-found a company like this. Were there any doubts you had? Were there any problems that you thought that you should learn about as you became a quote-unquote real entrepreneur? Yeah, you know, you don't have weekends, you work all the time, especially at the like initial stage, you 
don't have a work-life balance. You need to maintain it at some point, but uh, it's really hard, especially, you know, depends on what business uh, you're doing. But um, yeah, let me give you a little bit uh, story. It was more like an opportunity, but also, and luck factor as well, but also you need to create that opportunity. So I met this person, he's our CEO now, Richard. Um, I met him at an event and I was helping the student union to organize that event and that's how I was kind of involved. So it was really, you know, luck plus uh, the uh, creating the opportunity piece. And I always wanted to do something in the, you know, like work in the startups, but like, you know, where to start? That's, that's a really hard question. Like, how can you start without enough capital, without knowing people that can be co-founders? So first of all, people, I think it's the most important component if you want to start your own business and it's hard, it's hard. Like, how are you going to find those people? You might have some similar hobbies, maybe, you know, like events, maybe if you're a technical co-founder, you might be attending some events and you can meet them there. So it really depends, but you need, you can't just, you know, sit and wait for opportunities to come. So you need to create that opportunity yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand the initial idea about, you know, creating the right opportunity and getting in the right um, environment to have these experiences come your way. Once you actually decide, okay, you know, let me actually join this thing. Is there any process that you were using to actually learn the basics that you needed to in this new type of career? Yeah. You know, at the very beginning, I only knew that scooters are a thing, you know, in the US, in Europe, and I didn't know anything about the industry. So what I did was just doing, you know, research. There are multiple websites that I use, the CB Insights, reading the other companies, the blogs, BetaKit, Crunchbase, all those articles. And then the other component is funding. So I also didn't know anything about whole VC world, angel world, or any, you know, capital related stuff. But, you know, learning is a continuous process and I don't think there's an end. You will always learn throughout your journey. So I'm still doing those things. You know, I'm reading books about funding investment. I'm reading articles and there are always things that are changing in the investment world too. Like not everything is staying the same. Yeah, it is definitely super important to keep learning. And in terms of that, I know when it comes to my learning, usually it's the lessons learned the hard way that stick a little bit more. So if you look back at your journey at Raw, when you are now expanding instead of just first joining the company, what were some phases where you ran into a lot of challenges and how did you get around those phases of scaling the company? Again, there were some times that, you know, challenging times. Uh, maybe, you know, in the operations, uh, like every, in every city we launched, except for the clone launch uh, yesterday, we were in the city, you know, assembling the scooters, doing the deployment ourselves. So it was overwhelming. And sometimes we were thinking, okay, but without having enough capital, like our, our competitors have millions of dollars, but we're not at that level right now. You know, we were thinking, oh, is it worth it? You know, it's really overwhelming. It's mentally challenging. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's really rewarding. 
seeing people riding your scooters and you know with a um, smile it's it's really rewarding so there's always going to be times where you're going to feel desperate you know challenging but at the end of the day you know think about the rewards from the customer experience you're going to see them they're going to be happy yeah yeah no actually that uh, i personally resonate with that because one tool that i use when i'm feeling a little bit down or lost is to remind myself you know why am i doing this so mm-hmm. i imagine that helps your team like to actually see the end customer and have like a more real life context to what you're doing mm-hmm. and like think think about you know what would you do if you were not doing this and you are signing up for this but at the end of the day if you build a sustainable business if like a viable business it's going to be better you know mhm yeah for yeah. sure so when you look back in retrospect now i'm sure there are lots of lessons learned to feel proud of but then also maybe a few embarrassing failures along the way so could you tell me the story just like all of the details about a lesson that you had to learn the hard way yeah there are many lessons learned fortunately you know none of them were life changing but my advice would be failing making mistakes it's not a bad thing because you learn from them and that's i think that's what it matters but if you keep doing the same mistakes and if you keep failing with the like same mistakes then there's something wrong from our experience you know in the very beginning or even in the mid stage we were always thinking okay let's do this as well you know let's do this business line you know let's explore this but you know we we needed staff we needed more people to help with us and at that stage you know it was really costly so we tried a lot of different stuff at the same time and it was overwhelming we didn't we didn't do everything well and some sometimes we weren't too successful so this would be one lesson you know just focus on some of the things until you come to a point where you're comfortable adding other stuff on top of the things you're doing mhm can we dive even deeper into the context there oh yeah um so our main business is the shared electric scooters uh and we wanted to do a retail side as well we were going to sell retail scooters but the problem was you know it requires a lot of marketing effort a lot of research in terms of competitor offerings and market research but we were really spending a lot of time with the shared scooters and you need time to review all the data everything so there's a lot of stuff to do on that side we didn't have enough time to focus on the retail and we started started did some research and stuff but didn't really reach to that point so it was i mean i wouldn't say it was a mistake but i think we started a little bit earlier than what we should have done and one mistake we did was making assumptions you know in terms of the usage in terms of some other components like uh, people might think this it's a really really dangerous thing to do making assumptions you need to validate that maybe you know you know the product really good maybe i mean you're working with this uh, product for too long and you're uh, well the co-founder so you might be biased towards that specific assumption my advice is really you know 
don't ask your friends or you know anyone. Just ask your customers. Ask other people who are not familiar or maybe familiar, but make sure that they're not biased. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of another entrepreneur that we were talking to. Was talking about the lean startup movement、mm-hmm. and the build, measure, learn process. So、uh, right now, may, maybe there are some experiments that you're working on running at the moment. What types of data or metrics do you track to decide when an experiment is officially successful?、Um, yeah, in terms of the success measures, this is a really hard question, and I don't think there's a single metric or indicator that will give you whether this startup is successful or not. For our case, I think one thing would be the overall usage and customer satisfaction. You know, social media posts—are they happy? Are they giving us positive feedback? And in terms of the usage, when we compare with our competitors, are we successful? I, I think those are really important. And on the corporate side, that count is, I think, important、uh, in terms of the success. When you look at the past, you maybe one year ago, how many employees you have, you had, and now how many employees you have, and see if there's an increase. It doesn't necessarily give you. Whether you know that it's successful or not, but it gives you some idea, from my opinion.、Mm-hmm. And to dive a little bit into your corporate, I guess, employee dynamics、yes. at this scale, do you usually have like specific teams working on different experiments, and then maybe the co-founders are kind of managing all the different experiments on top of that? So yeah, I was giving that you know metric,、uh, the headcount, but I think we are still working towards that. And in terms of our structure, we have operational staff in each city we operate. We have city managers. We have operations lead under them and logistics staff. And for our headquarters, we have a small software team. And I'm handling the business development itself. We sometimes hire interns, and we are actually、uh, hiring some other full-time staff. But mostly, Mantel, we are still entrepreneurs, and we're still dealing with、uh, everything ourselves. You know, my title as chief communications officer, but to be honest, I'm you know doing business development, partnerships, government affairs, even tech. Like I,、uh, a few days ago, my major is data science and machine learning, and I was talking to our CTO about some cluster algorithms to implement、uh, for our、uh, app. So, as an entrepreneur, you will wear multiple hats. Maybe for three, four years, maybe. Forever, but it's not a bad thing. You learn a lot of stuff, and personally, I'm glad that I had exposure to you know different areas, different fields. You know, I learned how to talk to counselors. I learned how to talk to partners, how to、uh, build those、uh, partnerships. I learned marketing, and I I didn't take any marketing course. And it's you know purely purely experience, just you know talking to reporters and everything. Maybe for my next startup,、uh, Matthew, I will be more knowledgeable on those a, a lot of field, and the learning process will be much faster, and like the building process will be much faster, and it will be better for me. Yeah, no, that's amazing because usually I ask people, you know, which resources influenced you? Were there any mentors that guided you? But it's really impressive how 
It was just go into it, see what happens, figure it out, fail, and keep moving. That is an amazing vision of how much you can let. And if you were to think about, you know, all of these things that you're doing now, are there any, I guess, guidelines or rules that you've created for yourself on how to market well, how to research competitors well, how to talk to government officials well, that you'd be willing to share with us? Yeah. I don't usually use you know, specific tools or frameworks, but um, if you rule of thumbs for me, uh, one is don't make assumptions. Uh, always validate with the people who are not biased. The other would be, you know, I know people uh, in this field who are sometimes people can be mean, rude, and this is also reflected in their position, you know, how they interact with their customers. And it's it's not good, you know. I, I experienced this personally. I know some of those people. So always, you know, be kind, be polite with the people that you're talking to, listen to them. One other thing would be mentors. As you said, mentors are really important. Build your network. Know as much as people as you can, not specifically in your field, but have some key mentors that are knowledgeable about your industry. And yeah, like always believe in yourself. There will be challenging times, but always believe in what you're doing and be confident. I think these would be my key advices. Mm-hmm. And regarding the point about the mentors, I think it would be really valuable to have a real-life example to contextualize just the enormous value that mentors can provide. So would you be able to share an example of in your journey when a mentor helped with some key decision at role? Yeah, maybe not specifically for one mentor, but we, we have several mentors and thanks to Techstars Network, uh, we met wonderful people. So one thing that will come, come up, you will hear different stuff from different mentors. And, you know, how are you going to decide whether which one is correct? And that's also kind of the validation process. Yeah, I don't think there was a moment where, you know, a mentor said something and changed our entire business. But most of the feedback were mostly kind of, you know, maybe you should change this. Like maybe you should focus on this. Maybe you should go after some other, you know, markets. And we had some mentors that said, oh, like scooter business is you know, not really good. Just, you know, do something else. If we did everything that our mentor said to us, you know, we wouldn't be doing this business right now. <laughs> So yeah, like you hear some conflicting ideas, conflicting structures, and it's your job, like as an entrepreneur, it's your job to realize and learn which one is correct, which one would be the right path to choose. And sometimes it's not always the right path. You're going to make the mistake and you're going to go into the wrong path and you're going to realize, you're going to learn that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say how they have all of these different sources of information and at first it's just like hey we got our first mentor let's just listen to everything they say but later on you have to be the one to piece together you know which source actually is correct in my personal experience it's always been an interesting process because during those periods i always found that in my teams that's where it was most important for us to actually come together and align our different perspectives because that I found was the hardest part, like figuring out who to trust outside of her team. So 
I don't know if that's a similar process that you and your co-founders went with, but did you have any tools you used to have those hard discussions? Yes, that's a good question. You know, as you said, mentors, when they say something, like it's not always a case that it's going to be true. Again, just um, like in, in, in terms of the mentor's feedback, always appreciate it because those people, you know, take time to talk to you and give you their feedback. So even though that's not something that you would agree on, still, you know, I appreciate their time and I appreciate their feedback. And one thing that I do is just th thinking about that myself first and then do some research if there's any other company is doing it or if there's any similar concept that is already being Im implemented and maybe ask the customers, ask the people that are not biased towards the product. Yeah, like always do your research, do your own research. Mm -hmm. In the e-scooter industry with the competitiveness, I suppose that also applies to you for deciding if you want to adopt like a competitor strategy or do something unique yourself? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like we look at our competitors to, you know, uh, what they're offering and try to see if they're viable. But also there's some mentors that said, oh, don't compete with them in the same market. Do some different strategies, maybe, you know, even smaller markets. But, you know, it's not necessarily true, like all the time. Like, is it, if you want to become a big company, if you have dreams, you can't compete in the small markets and you can't just you know, keep launching in the small markets. You need to compete with them. And so far, we have been successful. Yeah, I really like these two points we keep coming back to about being kind above all else. And then also being very careful about how we go and validate ideas and challenge assumptions. So lastly, do you have any resources or tips to think about when you go and interview customers and get validation? Um, we did some user testing through some different platforms. So I didn't do user testing myself. But it's an iterative process uh, and it's always going to change, you know, even, you know, big companies like Facebook app and, um, you know, when you look at other big companies, they're always changing, adding new stuff, trying things. And one thing that we're doing in terms of the app design, I mean, it's more like a specific thing, but following the heuristic design principles is, I think, really important. I'm also kind of into the, you know, UI, UX design, so um, I know a little bit of uh, technical details about that. Heuristic design is some really important principles that UI and UX designers follow. These are like being concise and, you know, how to prevent errors. So basically the whole idea is to make it easy and simple for the end user to understand what they're supposed to do on the page that they're seeing. Yeah, and it's a really good practice to follow all the, I think there are like seven, nine principles in total. At Rolls, we always follow the heuristic design. When we design a new function, new page, we always follow these principles. And in, the, in addition to that, you know, it's not just heuristic design, but also user interview process is really, really important. Like may, maybe, you know, you follow all the heuristic design and everything, but still maybe things might change after you see the whole user interviews, how they react to some of the things. So I would say heuristic design is not just something that you need to look at, but also do user interviews, compare your results 
because uh, maybe you are making some assumptions during the heuristic design, but at the end of the day, when you, you're in the field, when you're showing this app to your customers, it may be totally different. Yeah, like use user interview websites. Uh, there are some tools that you can use. Don't do it yourself because you will be biased. You know, just give some instructions, but don't do the user interviews yourself. Just find some, even friends would be maybe okay. But if you have enough resources, I would really recommend you to um, work with some companies that are doing this user interviews. And there are some really cool companies. Like I met a co-founder of a company they're using AI tools to watch the, you know, the, the face interactions and the face emotions and everything to come up with a kind of a score that will give you some idea, you know, on the user experience. Yeah, I would definitely be very glad to add any links to resources like that that you'd want to share in the description. And also, of course, Roll's website. And I really appreciate, just in general, you taking the time to walk us through all of these insights from your personal experience. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes next at Roll. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Matthew. And I appreciate inviting me again. And um, yeah, I hope the things that I said would be useful. 